Hey guys, it's Cream, aka Miss Cream of the Crop, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Cream. I know you guys are excited because this is an actual conversation with another human being. I know a lot of my episodes, this is me by myself talking to myself, pretending as if you guys are in the room with me. So I actually have dialogue with another human being, so I'm excited about it as well because the other person that I'm having a conversation with, his name is Will Walters. He's a publisher of Monarch Magazine, and he is the founder of the Virtual Kings. I'm sorry, he has a virtual weekend coming up. It's called Kings in the Kitchen, and they're going to be celebrating black men and black fathers. Now, you guys know I'm all about women empowerment and empowering one another, but you also know that I'm really, really, really big on us supporting black men, especially black men that are out here doing exactly what they should be doing for the community, themselves, and others. So I'm really excited to have Mr. Walters as my guest today because a lot of the bullet points and topics that his brand touches on are near and dear to me because I feel like everything that his brand encompasses is really, really important. So I'm really excited about this interview. So Mr. Walters, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. I'm good. And thank you. Thank you for that introduction. Um, appreciate that, Cream. How are you doing? You're welcome. I am well. I am well. And I'm excited. Like I said, I'm really excited to talk to you and find out more about this event that you have coming up. And I'm also interested in um, hearing more about your magazine, just more about you. So I'm really excited. Oh, great, great. Well, let's get into it. Um, <laughs> um, to dive right into it, Kings in the Kitchen, I mean, you, you set it up so beautifully, so I'm I'm sort of blushing a little bit, like um, <laughs> it's very nice to hear, so thank you. But in all seriousness, you know, we do need to support one another. Um, there are um, the women, that, there's this stereotype um that we are combating one another, like um, as black men and black mm-hmm. women, and and this, you know, what what we're doing right now is breaking that um, illusion that that's not true, that we are mm-hmm. really out here trying to support one another, lift up each other, elevate one another. Um, with that being said, Kings in the Kitchen came out of um, culinary conversations, which was is mm-hmm. excuse me a um, cooking tutorial um, with. Um, celebrity chef Cynthia Peon and okay. we wanted to do something that was um, really male centric um, mm-hmm. and monarch royalty that the other half is queens the other half is kings we're in the kitchen let's put it together kings in the kitchen and then I started to have some conversations with some other brand partners and Proctor Gamble happened to be um Want well in step, if you will, of wanting to figure out ways to um, partner with uh, an African American owned uh, media outlet to um, showcase positive African American men. So the alignment mm-hmm. was perfect. Um, then I was also blessed, uh, and this is just crazy, but that's how blessings come, right? Like, so yes, I was talking with Percy Miller, um, Master P, and um. He's all about financial literacy and, and, and sowing back into the community and elevating um, us as a people. And 
the perfect storm just aligned. So therefore, it's like, okay, well, Percy, if you're willing to partner with me on this, uh, let's launch this series and um, fast-tracked, here we are. So Percy got his son, Romeo. Those two are CEOs, and they have a beautiful bond together that um, they display on June 17th. This is the first segment um, airing at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And we wanted to design this that we want to hit the targets that we believe um, we have a lot of influence, but we don't have a lot of uh, – we have a lot of social influence. And, mm-hmm. But we do not have a lot of economic power in these se- sectors or um, the ability to uh, tell our own story, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, uh, tell the narrative, mm-hmm. create the narrative. And therefore, in business, entrepreneurs, in arts, music, and cinema um, – were often um, throughout history been portrayed in these outlets um, in a narrow lens, simply yeah. meaning. Um, so yeah, cream, you get it. So pretty much. Yeah, I know. I totally understand. Right. Yeah. Where um, you have black scripts and black movies, but you find out that the writing team was a group of white people, right. and all the actors Telling are black. Like you're not black <laughs> enough. We need you to do this. Yes. <laughs> and, and, yes. I grew up in theater, yeah. so I trust me, okay, I understand. <laughs> so you get it. So that that um, also happens in um, advertising, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why I applauded Procter and Gamble, and um, was blessed to have the opportunity because um, they were just solely about okay, what do you want to do? Um, it should be the other way around. You telling us, and we want to support this. Mm-hmm. We see that um, there's these extremes. Either you are uber successful athlete in every film or you are, you know, the, the drug dealer, prison, uh, baby mama, baby father drama, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. a big problem is that um, it's not like those examples don't exist, nor am I saying those are um, something that we should erase. We need to increase, meaning simply showcase more um, mm-hmm showcase just the normal, you know, like... The regular guy son, who goes... regular person, yeah. right? He goes so to work. He goes to the grocery he just store. Goes, yeah, yeah. Like just, you know, just, hey, like, I don't... I, and I have a hey. wife or whomever my yeah. significant other, you know, and, and my family loves me. My children are proud. They go to school. Mm-hmm. Or, or even if I'm the single father, I'm not walking away from my children. I didn't even think about that, you know, so... yeah. What we've done was um, we took... And black men can be happy without being uber rich. I think... Right. I didn't mean exactly. to cut you off, but no, that no just problem. made me think of this. Like, I I also dislike the fact that the narrative is put out there that black men can't be happy, number one, just happy, period, um, without being rich, and they cannot find a significant other to be happy with them if they aren't rich. It's like you need to become an athlete and make all of this money so that then you can be able to take care of your family. You need to be this rapper or you need to be this uber um, wealthy-looking person in order for a black woman or a black partner to be attracted to you because if you're not on that level, you're not deemed worthy. But there are several men that are middle class 
There are several men that may not be at the middle class level yet whose family love them, and they enjoy fishing. They love being in their backyard. They love watching football games and drinking their beers, and their family and their significant others are actually happy and enjoying life. So I think that's another narrative that's painted for us a lot. Yeah, the the streamlined version of what I'm hearing from you is like, get the Bentley, get the girl. And if we don't have the ability to do that, then you're not going to get the girl. And, you know, I echo that. I agree. The thing about it is that, um, to me, um, there's truth in, (laughs) excuse me, there's truth in, in every culture, you have a, a segment that performs that way. You get the Ferrari, mm-hmm. you get the girl, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's just that mm-hmm. um, our culture, due to not having um, a lot of hands-on, or let, a, uh, let me put it this way, within our culture, not having a seat at the table, not being able mm-hmm. to be ahead of the table in corporations, or being able to own your own um, content, things like that, like you're doing, you cannot mm-hmm. um, really control the narrative. Um, and what I mean by control the narrative is be able to showcase the norm to the affluent, to the upcoming um, affluent, to the um, Uber, to the, like, the wide spectrum of individuals. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, that make up our culture, just like any other culture, you know. It's, so absolutely, you know, this is the first um, actually series of, and, uh, that we will be doing, and it runs throughout the month. Uh, Father's Day was it just made sense really to um, to launch it leading up to Father's Day, but it's going to run mm-hmm. all you know throughout the month of uh, June. And then we plan okay. to, Lord willing, come back um, Q4 and begin more on-site activations with the same theme but that we'll break out into, like, master sessions, like TED Talk experiences and um, yes. that have all of these type of breakout sessions happening in a way to create an environment that um, we can, one, learn one another, elevate one another, but also educate um, brands about our tastes and values right from the people's mouth to them Mm -hmm. versus um, Mm -hmm. it being this long distant um, communication funnel that once brands roll out, like say a product line where we're dancing, you know, like um, to get a piece of chicken or where we're singing. Yeah. Or we're rapping all the time. (laughs) Right. 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 Yes. Yes. Although, these um, the individuals have notoriety that was done on purpose um, because who better than to talk about um, their adversity, their, their disdain for certain things than the people who um, are in those actual positions or rather the need mm-hmm. for those things than the people who are actually, actually in those positions. So mm-hmm. for um, Percy uh, Miller and uh, Romeo Miller um, having a beautiful um, father-son bond and how they – um, transform that or, or yeah, I should transform is not, let's say how they extended that, that that's better mm-hmm. into a, you know, multi, multi-successful business and, and with those businesses, how they sell back into the community. Um, yeah. For them to talk about financial literacy, um, generational wealth, legacy, economic empowerment, 
Um, mm-hmm. I echo Percy's um, sentiments that with economic empowerment, a lot of the things that um, we are up against, that's how we change them. You know, it's because we mm-hmm. understand finances, we understand what to do with the finances, and, and we have a sense of self, a sense of love, a love for God, and under those things are able to create content that's not argumentative or combative, but just simply right. showcases who we are in all the dimensions. So therefore, on a global scale, um, we can begin to remove a lot of those stereotypes that preceded us. Absolutely, and not and not only with uh, removing those stereotypes that other cultures and communities have of us, but also removing those stereotypes that we have allowed ourselves to believe. Exactly. And exactly. once we remove those stereotypes from within our own culture, we can then begin to work on building that infrastructure in our neighborhoods and our community because that's one of the things I think that a lot of us miss um, when we're speaking about rebuilding our communities, is that you have to start with infrastructure. And there's a lot of pieces to infrastructure, and we have to understand what that is. But we also have to build each other up. There's there's a, a wall there if you don't have confidence in trying to move forward with whatever it is you're trying to do. And I think that us being black people, no matter what we've gone through, no matter where we live, we are a proud people. We're very proud. We are very prideful. And for some of us, it's really hard for us to say we need help. For some of us, it's hard for us to say we don't understand. And I think that if we let go a little bit of that pride enough to work on ourselves so that we can then start building that infrastructure so that we can build generational wealth, that we can build our own neighborhoods, and leave those legacies for our children and our grandchildren and our great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren. I think that uh, things like this, the kings in the kitchen, and um, conversations with black men, as you guys said on your website, and I totally agree with this, the black men are the foundation and the backbone of the community. Women are right alongside you guys, but I feel like – so many things have happened to black men throughout history that you guys have just felt this big burden on your shoulders. And I think that a lot of people don't make you guys feel good about yourselves when you say, I need a break. It's like, no, you're the man, you're this, you're that. You got to. But it's like everyone needs a vacation. Everyone needs time off. Everyone needs time to um, – just depress, not be depressed, but just depress themselves from everything in the world. And um, because you guys carry that load of being the foundation and the backbone of our community, um, I think with all the other things you guys carry around, I think a lot of our men just run away from that. And black women have had to step up and be in that position, but speaking from a black woman that has done a lot for the community, continues to do a lot for the community, and I support black men. I don't want that position. <laughs> I don't I don't want that. I'd rather be I, next to you guys, helping you put the plans together and put them in motion. Well, I appreciate what you're saying, and, and thank you. Like, that's, that's, this is interesting, and, and hopefully if you um, – I will try not to belabor what I'm about to say, but – 
Um, there is the, the, I think that the lack of knowledge on both ends mm-hmm. and then incorporate mainstream America into that, mm-hmm. um, that there is, when we say systemic racism, it is real. It is not mm-hmm. um, just today, you know, like the unfortunate no. things we see today, we are seeing them due to technology, which is, which is actually great that that technology is there so all the people can see it. But my point is, um, if those who uh, would study history, that we have mm-hmm. to go seek out we can really see that, okay, when we're talking about black men, there's a systemic um, racism that has been applied since um, right after the Civil War when you, when you have films um, that depicted African-American men um, intensely um, mm-hmm. in derogatory ways that imprinted this into the psyche of not only white America, but black America as well. And then mm-hmm. when you add other um, hurdles that black men needed to jump over, one without going so far back would be um, when welfare was inserted into the community and the way that you had to get government assistance was the man could not be in the home. Mm-hmm. Here we go. You see what I mean? Now we are saying, okay, well, cream, what we'll do is, you know, we have a son or we have a daughter, but I'll live someplace else because um, we're economically challenged and we do need government assistance. So what happens is that son or that daughter, they grow up and they're not seeing me all the time. And then you add, um, depending upon the age that we do have these children, I could be in an immature state, you could be in an immature state. You you have, um, and this is not specific to race, this is personality Mm -hmm and socioeconomic programming that Mm -hmm. when finances are tight, people get frustrated. You get Mm -hmm. frustrated at one another, and I'm not even in the household. We don't have that established union in my belief under God that's saying this is the way we should behave. Then guess what? We're going to be combative. Then before you know it, I'm going to have some other lady cross town, like all the 70 songs sing about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now I'm sitting around with my girls and <laughs> right, right, and I'm right. listening to the the other woman music and you are right, right, this this right. N word is an S like <laughs> right, right. And now and we now have the all these and the anthems and the and the daughter and the son hear this. Mm-hmm. You see, so therefore, right now you have the breakdown of mm-hmm. how the father, excuse me, of how the daughter, the son, and the lady see the black man. Mm-hmm. So now he don't want to come home, you know, yeah. because he's, he, he knows he's not respected. And then he's not respected at his house. And, it, and it's not a uh, sad song. There's also the condition that he created for himself. And when I point to systemic racism, I'm simply saying um, the union itself got destroyed. The truth of this is if you even look at um, what happened in Tulsa, this is what I mean by you. We mm-hmm. don't have to go back to the origin of slavery in America. It's like what happened in Tulsa? Right. What happened when your leaders get killed? What happens when these things, like how much can, you know, a community psyche take before it completely exactly. destroys itself internally? So Exactly. 
And going, you know, piggybacking off of what you were saying about um, the man leaving the home and the children seeing that, that just builds generation on generation on generation to see exactly. black men as nothing because your right. kids are now not respecting you, whether exactly. it be a son or a daughter. Now you don't have their respect. But let's take it back to, you know, you were saying we don't have to go all the way back to slavery. We can even look at, we don't even have to go back to Tulsa. We can look at just our everyday lives. And then it was, okay, in order for us to get welfare, you can't be, at the, you can't be in the home. Now it's, like you said, you don't have the Bentley, you don't have the girl. You don't have the jewelry, you don't have right. this, you don't have the girl. So right. now women are like, oh, I can make the bag without these, these men. I can right. make the bag. I'm this, I'm that. But um, the other thing that I think a lot of people fail to realize when it comes to black men is you guys have a target on your back, whether it be from our own community or whether it be from driving while black. So you take going to work. Now you're at work and you have to code switch, which I think it's code switching is frustrating in itself, no matter what gender you are. But I just feel like, and I'm speaking from a woman, and thinking of how men, like you guys, just to me, I think of men as just being, just having strength and being strong. And I just can't imagine, imagine being a strong black man and having to go to work and code switch. That just seems like the most unmanly thing I would want to do. I'm not saying it makes you feminine. It's just I just I just wouldn't want to do that as a man. I don't I barely want to do it as a woman, but I definitely wouldn't want to do it as a man. So here you have this black man, he's strong, he has pride, but he has to go to work, he has to code switch. Even within his code switching, he still isn't respected by his peers. He's still being talked down to. He may even be called a boy from time to time. Or that they may not call you boy anymore. They call you buddy. Hey buddy. How are you today? Right. Hey, buddy. How about right. this? It's like, I know what that buddy means, but okay, let's just pretend. Let's just go along with it because I need to keep my job. So you worry. You're like, I got to keep my job. I have a family. So now I'm at work code switching. Now I get in my car, and I'm hoping that I make it from my job home. So I was already stressed out at work because I had to code switch. And I had to smile. I'm not sure if these locks make me seem too overpowering or scary, so let me cut my hair, let me do all these things. Then I have to drive home. Am I doing the speed limit? Am I blah, 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 blah? Am I riding through the right neighborhood? Is this cop behind me going to pull me over? Then you get home, and let's just say there are some, you know, there's some financial stressors there. So now your wife, she's stressed out. You're the man. She's looking at you. She's hoping that you're going to come home with all these different things and then you get home and you're even more stressed out. So I don't think a lot of people think of the cycle or the journey that black men um, travel within 24 hours. It's funny. And, I, I, I'm sorry. No, please. Continue. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, and that's the reason why I think as black women, like we all have our own journey that we travel within 24 hours, mm-hmm. but I think that that's one of the main reasons that black women should support black men a lot more um, and have conversations. I think it begins I don't think a lot of people think that. (laughs) I think it begins there. I think it begins with conversations and communications because um, Mm -hmm. without it becoming a situation of, well, 
you know, uh, this is what I go through, and you're saying this is what you go through, and we're trying to outdo one another in the areas of pain versus mm-hmm. um, whether we are in a physical relationship or not, seeing each other as we are one due to the struggle that we've been through. Like, um, mm-hmm. not it may not have been you or me, but it's your great grandmother or your grandmother or my great grandmother or we we this is how we identify with one another is through our struggle. And in mm-hmm. that being able to identify as we advance in you know, throughout time, um, with each mm-hmm. year, how do we improve upon that? And it's funny some mm-hmm. of the things that you're mentioning. One, in my opinion, financial literacy with financial literacy creates the opportunity to create options for yourself. With those options, Mm -hmm. then tolerating whatever it is that the um, mainstream opportunities present, um, you may, you can depart from that if if need be, you know, whenever the time Mm -hmm. is right because you understand um, how to create wealth or you could prevent or you could rather could create the options for your children. Um, two, when we talk about, and this is something that uh, Percy and Romeo really take a deep dive into. Two, um, you mentioned um, the interactions with police. There's a beautiful dialogue um, that uh, Curtis Cook, um, the actor Curtis Cook, on June 18th, um, he appears, and he has a beautiful dialogue um, with an audience, virtual audience member that happens to be an officer when they talk about the challenges and how to navigate that and how, as a father, you feel um, telling your sons things that your parents told you, um, that their parents told them. And sometimes, you know, psychologically you wonder, are you doing more damage by, or, or how are you advancing at all because we're singing that same song. That song mm-hmm. goes something like, stay out the police's way. Hey, you know, don't try to cause no problems. Don't, you know, just <laughs> go on um, yeah. versus um, – being able to educate them in a way where they feel empowered. They do not, one, first and foremost, do not feel threatened by the police um, because they don't, you know, they really understand that um, I am not guilty due to my color. So right, officer, whomever, badge number or whatever, what did I do? What do you want? I need to be able to speak to my parents and giving that officer a certain, not a certain, but giving them the respect due to their position, and in mm-hmm. giving respect, you're more than likely to get respect, like speaking mm-hmm. to them in a way that they understand um, that you are not being combative. And I'm not, and no one's saying this is foolproof because we have, you know, obvious evidence that there are people who are just saying, I didn't do anything, and we've witnessed this, and you get killed. This yeah. aligns, in my opinion, to education, and increasing images. That's another thing mm-hmm. that you mentioned. Um, I have to cut my locks because I may appear, well, the, to me that answer is you appear like what the popular um, example of an African-American male may be, a thug. So we don't mm-hmm. want that at our corporation. With more imagery, that the mainstream, like, see, this, what, at least for myself, what I'm speaking to is it's not um, exclusive, it's inclusive. Like, our experiences right. should be just as known as Seinfeld or, or Friends or anything else. Um, Absolutely. 
But I agree with you that we have to have dialogue, such as you and I are doing, because we have a tendency to tear one another down um, Mm -hmm. when we are doing something that, quote, unquote, falls outside of what we have themed as black culture. Like, it it baffles me, like, if you hear, (laughs) this is just humorous to me. It's not a humorous situation, but it's humorous to me, too. Anyone who comes out of any situation that have children, they will say they're, you know, they're doing everything that they do for their children. But those same individuals may criticize someone or make comments like, you know, President Barack Obama wasn't black enough or Vice President Kamala Harris is not black enough. And then right. you would ask yourself, well, what are you telling me if your son or daughter had the opportunity to become the vice president or the president, how would you want them to behave? Like, what what are you actually saying? And but you know those same people. Sorry, sorry, to cut you off. No, I, I don't want to forget this. Those same people <laughs> want to move out of the hood. I'm not saying they all live in the hood, but when you, you decided that you didn't want to raise your kids in the hood, you. Don't you think, what do you think their personalities are going to develop as? How do you think they are going to be when they become an adult? They're going to be a Kamala. They're going to be a Barack. The same people that you mock, that's what you're raising. You're raising, I I saw someone on Facebook say, oh, my God, my kids are nerds. They're over here watching anime. Who raised these kids? And I'm thinking, you, you live in the suburbs. Right. (laughs) Or, or yeah. why would you put that on Facebook? How do you think your children will feel if your children, like most children, are looking for validation from their yeah. parents? Yeah, absolutely. See, and, and that's one of the reasons I always um, disliked our community being as harsh as they were on uh, Willow and Jaden Smith. I, I'm like, these are the most free black children I've ever seen besides my own, and I think it's amazing. They are able to explore who they are and be exactly who they want to be, and I think it's beautiful. But there are so many people in our community like, oh, my God, they're so weird. And I'm thinking a, a free-thinking young black person is weird. Isn't this what we talk about wanting Anytime right. we have these roundtable discussions, we talk about being accepted for who we are and not having a coach, which can do all these different things. And then when you have, no one's perfect, but when you have this perfect example of two young black people growing up being exactly what we say that we want, then we turn around and say, they're so weird. I can't believe right. they dress like this. I can't believe they do this. And it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> And, and I, I I agree with you. In my opinion, I think that I think it's a um, it's something. You know how like um, this may sound strange, but just bear with me. You you know how the wind blows, but you may it's always blowing, but you may not feel it. Um, mm-hmm. There's every culture goes through what we're talking about. It is mm-hmm. just for us the lack of seeing other images, mm-hmm. other narratives in our culture that makes us focus 
on one or two people. It's like in the 80s when, you know, the running joke might be you can only have one or two black superstars at one time. You, know, you can't be a whole bunch of superstars. So they become, you know, um, hyper-focused because there's only one or two. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if we increased, um, if there was numerous, that it, it, it wouldn't even really be a big deal because in this example that you're using, like Will um, and um, Jada Pinkett Smith's, um, their children, mm-hmm. there would be other individuals that, you know, that would be the people who they, they um, you know, the, the click, if you will, that they're a part of. And then there's another click, mm-hmm. and then there's another click, and there's another click. Um, I don't mean to, I don't know your age, but I remember, I don't know if you're familiar with them. I'm going to bring up two films that will point to what okay. I'm talking about. Um if you're familiar with the movie The Breakfast Club, are you familiar yeah. with that mm-hmm. movie? I'm familiar, notice yeah. in the Okay, notice in that film, you had, I believe, like five representations or four representations of other individuals who had completely other communities. Yes. Supported in their communities so much that they never intertwined with one another. You get my point? Like you had rockers, right. stoners, the athletes, mm-hmm. the this, the that. Within ours, we do not, we're not seen through those lenses that you, you have black nerds or however you want to describe mm-hmm. that. You have black athletes, obviously. You have black alternatives. You have black vegans. You have black, that then it would be no big deal. You see exactly. Like we, so many people view us as a monolith that we believe that as exactly. well. We, we yeah. don't we, understand. We, yeah, yes. Right, yeah, right. we don't understand that we're not a monolith, but we have been. And because I think that, um, and our grandparents didn't do this on purpose. I would have to say my great uh, grandparents, because um, like my great great my great my great aunt will be eighty nine this year, and oh, congratulations. Yes, I'm very. Well, I'm very blessed to have um, someone in my family, you know, it's a matriarch, has been here that long. I think that it's passed down because for our great-grandparents, for me, it's my great, um, it was don't go out here and embarrass us like this. Like she would always, she's always been a very snazzy dresser. Like to this day, she still wears her mink coat when it's cold outside. It doesn't matter. She wears her mink coat. She, it's just, she still dresses up. Like she's that lady. She was a school teacher for 31 years, and she's always dressed to the nines. And she always told us, don't go out here looking like you just got off the boat. So, <laughs> so that has always been ingrained in me, like, don't go out here looking like you just got off the boat. And I always made sure that I always presented myself. I, even if she didn't tell me that, I, that's just how it was raised. Like, you go out and you present your, you look presentable. Um, but that was her way of telling us to look presentable all the time was don't go out here looking like you just got off the boat because that's what her mom told her. Um right. And I think that that is a part of us seeing ourselves as a monolith, like this whole discussion about whether or not we should go outside with bonnets on. And I think the reason why certain people and women of a certain age, like the comedian Monique, um, is because when they see a black woman in a bonnet, 
they see all black women in bonnets. And it's like, you're representing all of us, point. girl. Listen, sister, when you wear that bonnet, you're making us all look bad. But it's like, no, this person is an individual. It's them in the bonnet. I don't wear bonnets when I go outside. I am not offended by people wearing bonnets because I don't wear bonnets outside the house. And I think once we start seeing ourselves more as individuals, but I get it because the world doesn't see us as individuals yet, but it goes back to what we're speaking in regards to is changing the narrative in media and allowing others to see different versions of us in media as being normal. Allowing us to see ourselves. Exactly. Just everyone. Allowing us to see ourselves, right. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's a part of where that comes from because most of, you know, if you come from a family that has grandparents that are involved and grandfathers and things that are involved, like they always tell you, you go out here and embarrass us. Now, if you go to school, you go out to that university and embarrass us because you know there's only this many black people there, so you have to hold it down for us. And it's just like that's a lot to carry on your shoulders, but we've been carrying that um, monolithic view for a really long time, and we have to break that. Well, I, I – echo what you're saying it's the breaking it to we in my opinion i'm saying we have to unwind that so we can Mm -hmm. see that it's okay and being diverse does not mean we're broken we're not broken Mm -hmm. from the thread of um being black because black is Mm -hmm. everything and who had the black meeting that made up all the black rules of how you should dress, how you should speak, et cetera. That has a lot to do with assimilating, um, which was what our grandparents had to do. This is what I mean. Mm -hmm. Every culture, if you look at the Jewish culture, if you look at the Irish, you look at the Italian, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. um, All they, um, each one of the individual races that I named all some of them changed their names to sound more American. Mm-hmm. Some of them dated um, intentfully to dilute their um, ethnic ethnicity, yes, so therefore they mm-hmm. can write, so they can get ahead. People are going to do what they mm-hmm. need to do to get ahead. It is just we are lacking. Um, we are lacking that knowledge of self to be able to say, okay, we've done what we need to do, too, to get ahead, and we understand why this has happened, and here's the truth, because we can't push that to the forefront because we, you know, primarily don't own a lot to be able to mm-hmm. write the narrative to say this is why this happened. I mean, to not be long-winded, but if you think about it this way, um, and this is not demeaning the Italian race at all, but they make the mob seem cool. They Think did. about that. They <laughs> and that's really, because it's ownership. They, they make the mob seem cool. And this is a terrible thing really, to idolize. Yes, and I actually had this conversation. It's crazy that you said that. I actually had this conversation a couple of days ago where we talked about the fact, because here in Cleveland, the mob has, there's so many mob ties here in Cleveland. I'm very and familiar with there, what you're talking about. Yes, and it's not, there's, okay, when, there's, there's this, um, the name of our bus system is RTA and the Rapid Transit Association. So there's a stop. There's this really big, um, famous cemetery. And the crazy thing about it is it's, it's in the hood. <laughs> um, on one side of the cemetery is, is what 
it used to, okay, let me correct that because I hate when people say this. So there's this area that was an affluent black suburb, and um, a lot of things happened to that suburb to where it's now considered the hood. But I don't want to get into that because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, a lot of reasons why, and now they're trying to gentrify it. So let's just end that there. On the other side, because <laughs> I could talk all day about that, but on the other side of the cemetery is another suburb that's not considered the hood. So um, when you take this health line, which is what this, there's a portion of the bus system, and it's called the health line, and it's called the health corridor. So it runs between the Cleveland Clinic University Hospitals and um, where it ends, where we have trains, we call them the rapids. So it runs between Cleveland Clinic and it ends at Windermere. Windermere is in the middle of this place called the Hood. So um, when you get to each stop, it gives you little bits of information about each stop. When you get to that stop, they actually tell you that Elliot Ness is buried there, and then they give you all of these facts about him and all this amazing information about him and his history, so when they talk about the mob ties here, it's not in a negative way. It's like, let me tell you the amazing things that this person did, and this is, he's exactly. buried here, and this is his home, um, and they celebrate and that. Can, right, and we have to be for, Martin Luther King Jr. in order to yes. like, like <laughs> right. Yes, right. and going back to what you were speaking about, Kamala and Barack, when you had white-passing black people decide to pass, so that they could build a better future for their families, we then have this colorism within our community where we talk about light skin versus dark skin, where light skin people are seen as this negative thing, and you guys are da 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 da. It's it's very tiring. There's so many pieces in our community right. where we're fighting one another over things that we should be coming together over. Um, and, and and to you know circle it right back. It, in my opinion, it, a lot of this comes down to economic challenges. Um, mm-hmm. When your money's tight, you're frustrated, and mm-hmm. you want to you know you're going to compete. You want to you know you want to eliminate the competition, and if that means your hair you know not the way this person's hair should be, well we need to get all those people out. If you're not the right shade, get them out the way. Like I'm trying to get ahead. And mm-hmm. with financial literacy, we'll be able to level the playing field, you know, um, not just as far as the dollars that are, like, that, we, that are owed to us, but simply mm-hmm. how you talked about having a pause. Well, having financial education gives you the ability to, you know, I know how to pay my bills. I know how, where my mm-hmm. money's coming from. Like, I know how to empower myself um, to go, um, increase my um, financial heights. So let's say, and, and I'm and I'm proud about that. If I have a skill that I can fix, I'm an automotive, and I can fix mm-hmm. vehicles, then I can go use my hands to create income. If I'm an architect, I can do that. And these things can be fruitful if there are more individuals of color in positions mm-hmm. that are either self-created or a part of uh, a corporation because Mm -hmm. then they would have homes and then they would have cars 
And then that would be the home and the car that the architect would build and the automotive mechanic would work on. You see what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's like... And you know what else that does? It gives the next generation an example of how to conduct business. Because we're always saying, oh, my God, black customer service is the worst customer service. Oh, my God, black business... Black-owned brands. See, this is why I don't. This is why I don't support black-owned businesses because we don't know. But it's like we have to. Again, it goes back to understanding and communication. We have to understand that we don't have a blueprint. There are well, other cultures. Would... I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. We don't no, have our. Please, uh, no, I was just thinking like. You know, people speak about the Jewish community all the time and how they help one another and they have examples and they pass things down. If I'm the first entrepreneur in my family and I'm learning as I go, I'm going to make mistakes. And all the mistakes that I made and all the things that I've learned to build throughout learning as I go, now I'm the example for the next generation. If I didn't exactly. have any examples, you have to allow me to make mistakes, but we also have to be willing to learn. So those both ways. And I think that we don't really think of it in that manner. We're very harsh on ourselves. We're very harsh on each other, but don't really realize that a lot of people don't have examples. They're just going with, they're just going with the flow. Um, and to add to what you're saying, um, well, I must say this, Everything you just said is exactly what Kings in the Kitchen is about. But to mm-hmm. and to add to what you you know also to what you said, um, to understand that it's not black people don't know how to do business. It's the infancy of black business versus mm-hmm. what you you're looking at an adult <laughs> like and it's, black business is infant is an infant in this in in this example. I mean, yeah. We You're comparing this right, mom and pop shop to Walmart. The right. Wall the, the <laughs> family has been in business for generations, and it's right, like, of course right. their business is right, run like right. a corporation because they right. are. <laughs> this right. is a sole proprietorship. And that's my point. If we <laughs> yeah. remove race from it and be able to see one another, and then we'll be able to see all people. And we just, mm-hmm. I'm just simply suggesting that we want to be able to create those opportunities so all people can really see us. It's not Absolutely. about, um, you know, black people don't do this, black people don't do that. It's, we have to remove that from our vocabulary. We can't expect somebody else to remove it. They don't even understand it. We have exactly. to that to really say, you know, this is all people. Do you really think, like, when 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 the Jews you know, I don't want to even say it like that. When the Jewish community yeah. was building their community in America, do you think everything was just the way you see it today? No. no. You have to start someplace. And out of the huge difference, though, and if the word of this was, in my opinion, placed in school so all of us, black, white, everybody could be educated in this way, we would also understand that their adversity, what I'm speaking to, their struggle, coupled with their religious belief, is what Mm -hmm. bonds them. Mm -hmm. We had that too. But when we're talking about Tosla, that is real. When we compare ourselves to the Jews, we can, that's not a true, that's not a, that's like apples and oranges. And why Absolutely. the Jews were brought out of Germany under the government's protection placed in an area. 
You see mm-hmm. what I mean? We would be the Jews, like America would be the Hitler, and we would be the Jews inside of Hitler trying to, inside of Germany at that time, trying to progress. You understand exactly. what I'm saying? Or you get what yes. I mean? It's like, yeah, so, so basically someone would come and help us, like the government would come and say, we're removing you guys from America. We're going to right. place you here so that you guys can build your Tulsa. Right. And right. not have so it. And not risk having it be burned down. Exactly. By for the country us, that you live in. That's what I'm going to say. For that. us, we were in our Germany, and we were trying to rebuild still in our Germany. And right. that is right. where right. our struggle has been throughout all of these years, is that we're trying to build and rebuild where we were oppressed. And, yes, and if there that are was people that. Taught, mm-hmm. All people could see that. You see yes. what I mean? Like, if that was yes. actually taught, all people could see that. So, so the Italian, the Irish, the Jew, whoever, no one would look at the male, the black male, as being shiftless and lazy. I mean, the, 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 the direct answer to that is like, how? I was a slave. Like, how could, how, I, how could you call a uh, slave lazy? Like, what do you mean? I, I say <laughs> like, that all the time. It's just like, do you understand we built this country Right. It goes back to what I said in the beginning about black men. People act like you guys don't need a vacation yeah, <laughs> or like you're seen like as nothing, you know? less than. As soon as you say, I'm kicking my feet up, like, look at this lazy Negro over here. It's like, what? I've been at work. I've worked 65 hours this week. I, I just want to have a beer and watch the game or whatever your pastime. I just want to fish. And we're so afraid of being of, of, yeah, We're so afraid of a being seen as lazy, that we, we literally, our grandparents, I would say, I think this newer generation is the reason why they don't work themselves to death and they figure out ways to make money their way. They've watched their grandparents and parents work themselves to death because we're so afraid of being seen as lazy that we literally would just work and work, some of us, which is work, so that no one so we won't be seen as lazy. And I don't, I don't like that. We have to feel that way. Well, I think, like, if you couple that work ethic with the brains of the, um, of the, of the millennials, millennials, excuse me, and um, the next generation after them, that ability to um, place that work ethic behind that, that technology in the, the innovative minds, um, there's no mm-hmm. telling what could happen. You know, Absolutely. so I'm all about connecting and building and you know just like anything like you could get you can go to the best restaurant you may not want everything that they're serving you know it's just you take what you like add that to your plate that you know that helps you move forward through the day and you keep moving that's the way i Mm -hmm. see it it's like um, and i once again ultimately i'm a believer of integrating the entire human race because that's in my opinion what we really are I'm blessed to be black and and I'm being utilized in this manner to be able to say, you know, you have to, like the Lord said, you got to clean up your own home before you can talk about anything else. And Mm -hmm. so therefore um, having an opportunity to bring these Kings together um, and have them do and speak upon a lot of the things you're talking about and be transparent and be willing to give back. um, That is one step of attempting to erode um, those negative um, stereotypes and encourage and um, reveal 
if you will, more of the positive ones. So, mm-hmm. Kareem, this has been excellent, actually. Like, I think it I, has this been. is the most talk I've done say- all day. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens when, when you... Give you- Exactly. This is what happens when you come in. I call it welcome to Cream's world. So that's how I'm welcoming you to my world. This is what happens when you're in Cream's world. So I was gonna, I was gonna say that um, you have. I know you spoke on all of the, a few of the individuals that are gonna be speaking. Percy Miller, also known as Master P. I think he right. is, it was an amazing choice along with his son Romeo. I have Thank actually. You. Um, had the privilege or welcome of of hearing him speak in person at A3C, I think it was like maybe three years ago. And he always said that he is really big on um, giving a hand up, but you have to come to him showing him that you have done your work and your research on your own. Right. He's willing to help right. those that help themselves. So I really think that he was an amazing choice, especially being the person to open up this series. And he's also someone that, in the, just for me, um, I grew up on Master P, and all of my friends, like, Master P was the man. You wanted to be a no limit soldier when I was younger. (laughs) Like everyone, you wanted to be a no limit soldier. You wanted gold ceilings, all these things. And he's one of the few people that people my age look up to that um, we've never had to cancel him for anything. Um, He's never, for us, represented anything negative. He's always represented um, power and wealth and showing us that we could be whatever we wanted to be. And um, so I think he was a perfect choice. I know you have Mr. Cook as well. You also have Eric Benet. And you decided to celebrate black men and black fathers, which is, I mean, that's at the top of the line. Because as you say, we have to be our own change agents, and, and I know that the content that you guys are bringing out are highlighting change agents, so I think these are three amazing men and amazing fathers that you guys chose. And Thank you. with this leading into Father's Day, we don't want to overshadow Juneteenth. This is during Juneteenth as well. So yes. this is going to be That's a powerful It's going to run all the way. It's going to run yeah. all throughout the 30th. Like, um, once again, this was just it's like, okay, this makes sense to his father's day coming. Let's launch it leading yeah. up to it. But we're going to run this all throughout the month um, until the 30th, and then we're coming back with more. Like um, 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 Percy and myself, we have a HBCU tour that's um, in the works. Yeah. That's going to be rolling out soon. That's going to be um, doubling down on these narratives. And everything that we're going to be doing will be will have that thread of um, self-empowerment, healing sessions, yeah. Um, because, you know, we're both a firm believer in mind, body, and spirit and having those things in unison, um, fine-tuned, working in conjunction. It only enables us to be better to one another and better to the community Mm -hmm. and really be a reflection of what God really wants us to be is in harmony holistically. But if I'm angry at myself, and then I come on this year show, and I just, you know, display that anger. Well, quite naturally, you will hang up and say, <laughs> "You never have him back. <laughs> this guy is nuts." You know, I couldn't. Like, well, first I, I try to understand all, you. you. Know? Yeah, but first, you get my I, point. Yeah, I would try to understand you once 
we're past that. Yeah, I'm hanging up. Like, nope, never, ever, ever, ever again. <laughs> yeah, but there's a tremendous yeah. amount of healing that we need, um, as all people do. But we are, yes. um, we have been traumatized, and we it's so um, traumatic that we live in it, mm-hmm. and we expect you. And if you. you step outside of it, you're criticized for it because yes. How did you, you know, why do you think you should versus being celebrated and then learning, looking to be educated on how you can mm-hmm. step outside of it? And that's the theme. And that's what um, actually uh, where I've always applauded Percy was like um, self-made. I admired that and um, was always showing how, he, he's, he's transparent and was always attempting to improve himself and therefore improve his family and be utilize, use himself and his family as an example of how others can do it. And that, mm-hmm. to me, is um, aligned really with the word where you, um, you have to be a reflection of um, what you say you're about, you know, and exactly. if you are, then your family should be. And then your friends mm-hmm. will be. And then before you know mm-hmm. it, your community will be. So then we'll be removing words like the hood and stuff like that because the hood will no, no longer be because the hood is only really our mindset. Like if you it really throw is. something on the ground and pick it back up, it's clean. <laughs> you see what I mean? So it's, it's really like restructuring the way that we um, see one another and where we place mm-hmm. our values. Because mm-hmm. if I'm only going to, the, the trick of it all is just like this, and then I'll, you know, stop. But if you look at anyone who comes from an economically challenged environment and they hit the lottery, whether white, black, Asian, whatever color, they blow the money because they do not understand how to use money because money is a tool. It's not knowledge. It's, it's just a tool. It's just something you use and you go buy something. It could hurt mm-hmm. you and it could help you, but it's all the way you, how would you know, just like a knife, you know, you chop up, you know, all the food you want with a knife or you use it to hurt someone. It's, it's a tool. You get what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's about the knowledge of having knowledge of how to utilize that tool. Money's the same way. Yeah. Knowledge to understand how you use it. And self-improvement is something different. Money's not going to mm-hmm. improve you. You see what I mean? Like money's not going to change. You're the same person. Yeah. You're the same person. Yes. You're the same person. If you haven't, like you said, taken the time to um, self-improve, you're just going to be the same person with, now you just have more money, but you're the same person. Right. Exactly. And something that you said sparked me to think about this, where we really feel like it's a badge to say we got it out the mud. I think that we should celebrate when we do make it. Like you were talking about uh, Percy. Well, it just seems weird for me. It just seems disrespectful calling Percy. <laughs> Mr. Miller, Master well, yeah. Mr. Miller. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know I'll him. Like, you, I, yeah, I don't I know him, so it just feels weird like, to call him Percy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for Master P, like we all know that. We know where he came from. We know um, what his grandfather and father, everyone instilled in him, and he sort of got it out the mud, and he celebrated that, but he did it so that his family didn't have to, the generation after him, so that his son didn't have to get it out the mud, and he 
instilled a work ethic in his son, and his son didn't have to really live, quote-unquote, in the hood and go through certain things that he went through in order to become successful, but he still instilled a work ethic enough in him to be grateful and have gratitude for the things that have been provided for him to where he feels it's important enough to carry on his, the legacy of his family. I just think for us that we have, again, another reason why it's perfect that he's opening up this series because so many like people celebrate, oh, I got it out the mud, no handouts, no no rich parents, no loans for my this, da, 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 da. But it's like, but now that you've got it out of the mud, did you realize that you're opening up those doors so that you can do those things for your children? And you're letting your children know that the doors that you're opening or will open for them makes them less than. So it's cool to celebrate your accomplishments, but don't make other people feel less than if they didn't have to get it out the mud because their parents you know, were Jada Pinkett and Will Smith. And I'll touch on that briefly. Um, they talk about things like that. And from my understanding, um, I'll say two things. One, um, in this case, Romeo or anyone who um, is coming after someone who is a change agent, they okay. have their set of stress. Let's mm-hmm. remove it from Percy um, and Romeo and let's say, could you imagine being um, – <laughs> MLK's son? Like, no. Could you imagine the stress that you would have? Could you imagine being JFK's son? Could you imagine no. being Michelle Obama's daughters? Yeah, they have privilege, no. but they can't just go work at the car wash or something. People would be like, what you doing over here? And they, but exactly. it's a job. <laughs> you see what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's a level of stress there. And two, um, I'll say, I think Personally, get it out the mud to me translates to bootstrapping. Bootstrapping is something that America, America, quote, unquote, um, celebrates. So I, mm-hmm. once again, I tend to look at race and remove that to try to look at, oh, okay, this is a cultural thing, an American cultural thing. Like mm-hmm. bootstrapping, is that's what the Republicans preach. And when we say get out the mud, that's what I hear. It's like bootstrapping, like I've done this on my own. But we're just using a vernacular that we would use in our community. But to me, that mm-hmm. translates to bootstrapping. And I think that all people do that, who believe, who um, wear that as a badge of honor, as you said it. I'm just simply, um, I'm not challenging what you're saying. I'm, I'm trying to expand upon that to say, here's how I see it beyond black mm-hmm. It is a people thing. And once again, I attempt to connect it to that because there's nothing wrong with us as black people. We are just in the infant stages of our culture. We Mm -hmm. haven't been free from slavery long. No. You know, my grandmother, not my great, 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 my grandmother (laughs) Mm -hmm. was homeless. My grandfather had came out of a plantation. Mm-hmm. So it's not we're not that far removed, you know. That's that's no, and, less than. And for me, it was my great grandmother, um, like my great aunt. Who I was speaking in regards to that's my grandmother's sister, of course, and um, her mother's family were slaves, and my um, grand my great grandfather, his family actually disowned him for marrying her because his family was affluent and they were Native American. Um, but it wasn't that long ago. Like, the fact that I, I know that my great-grandmother's um, 
family were slaves. That's, and like I said, my great aunt is going to be 89 this year. My great grandfather, her dad, um, was in my life, and he lived until he was 98. So Beautiful. I'm looking at someone who married someone who grew up on a plantation. And that's my great-grandfather. He was in my life until he passed away um, at 98 years old. So that's one of the reasons that we have to also, I know this is kind of on the topic, kind of off the topic, but a lot of pictures that happen in our history, like a lot of pictures of Dr. Martin Luther King, they're in black and white. But I read somewhere where they tend to put a lot of our history in black and white to make us feel like it happened so long ago. So where we're like, oh, that was so long ago. But it's like, actually, these pictures are in color, and they purposely put them in black and white so that we don't see that this is new and that we're, this isn't something that, um, like you said, our culture is new. Us becoming entrepreneurs is still new. Us building infrastructure right. is still new. But if we're it's looking new. at our history in black and white, we're thinking, we've had all this time. What have we been doing? I, we are lazy. We do need to work harder. It's like, no. This just happened. Like, right. the 60s like, you know, wasn't that long look at it and say, Yeah, you can look at it and say, no, black entrepreneurship didn't just happen. But what happened since no. they got going? They burnt it up. They killed exactly. the person. They tore it down. So now we, we had to start, start all, over. all over again. Right. Yeah. yeah, and we've constantly had to start, start all, all over, over again. If you look at black neighborhoods, like at the neighborhood I was telling you about on the other side of the cemetery, that was an affluent black neighborhood. And now it's infested with drugs and abandoned homes. But there's a lot that went into that neighborhood becoming that type of neighborhood. And there are people that live on one side of the neighborhood that you wouldn't even know it was the same neighborhood because they able to keep they were able to keep of that portion of that area. But there's a lot of things that go into the degradation of our neighborhood and it's not just us. It's we didn't do some of these things to our neighborhood. So um Yeah, that's, just, that's what I meant by like it's a systematic systemic yeah. racism for real. But we are in yeah. a time like no other in history where mm-hmm. We have the technology, and with that technology, instead of increasing or the imagery and the messaging that's reinforcing old narratives and reinforcing mm-hmm. negative stereotypes, we can utilize that in an entertaining way that educates and evolves mm-hmm. and provides other options that not yeah. only um, target our race, but it is exclusive that it reaches all people. So all people mm-hmm. have a window into black excellence, black culture, black experiences. And mm-hmm. that is a part of the mission that Percy and I are taking upon to work with other brands, to educate them, to show them who we really are. And mm-hmm. these are the things that are important to us. And if you want mm-hmm. our dollars, this is how you sh- you're going to have to behave, if you will. Yeah. So, Kareem, this has been great. Um, this has been amazing. Yeah, so for everyone that's tuned in right now, please make sure you um, tune in. The first portion of these conversations happens June 17th through, is it June 17th through the 20th, am I correct, or is it the 19th? June 17th through the 19th, 6 p.m. Eastern. 3 p.m. Pacific time, 
log yes. on to monarchmagazine.com forward slash kings in the kitchen and register. Like, I'll send you a link. Please send it out to your network. Um, you go to the page, register, sign up. Uh, you receive a notification uh, when the shows air. And then just continue to follow, um, continue to support, spread the word. Let's elevate this series so, therefore, we can have many more things like this. Absolutely, absolutely. And please let me know how I, my platform, and my network can continue to support you guys. This is amazing. Thank you. You're welcome to come back and have as many conversations with me as you'd like <laughs> to have. Like, I really enjoyed this. I really love having Thank conversations you. like this, as you can tell. Um, but let's just close <laughs> out with letting everyone know that um, Mr. Walters, Will Walters, Monarch Magazine, and, Vert, um, and Kings in the Kitchen, they are here to celebrate, elevate, and empower black men. And through celebrating, elevating, and empowering black men, we can then elevate the world, celebrate the world, and empower the world because it's beyond just being black. Black is excellent, but we have to also empower the rest of the world so that they can get on the level with us as we exude our excellence to them. So I really appreciate you for well having this conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I didn't write that down. That, that was just off the top of my head. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I definitely appreciate you for being on Conversation with Cream. I appreciate all of our listeners for being tuned in. And as I always say, welcome to Cream's World. Um, but before we go, um, I got to ask you the three questions. So I always right, ask about you. You're about I, to hit me. You. about to mess up everything. I'm about to hit you. I'm about to hit you. <laughs> you know, we just came on. You were all eloquent and educated in that one. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so I have to ask you the three questions. So this is a segment that I call this or that. So okay. the first question is, would you rather have a time machine or a teleportation pad and why? Well, a teleportation pad, because if I have a teleportation pad, if I want to go back in time, I can. So serving okay, both purposes. Makes, yeah, okay, that's a good answer. The second <laughs> question, <laughs> I mean, there's no wrong answer here. So the second question is, would you rather be famous or infamous and why? That's a great question. I would say infamous. Okay. Because infamous to me, well, fame is fleeting. Mm -hmm. Um, I could be famous in six months, and you know that's it. But infamous Mm -hmm. seems to go down throughout history. You know, like um, someone's. I'm trying to think like someone now. Obviously, now I'm saying (laughs) what I would do. I can't think of anybody (laughs) I could point to. But like, I think I'd rather be infamous. It's almost (laughs) like Bonnie and Clyde. Everyone. Yeah, that's what I was trying. Yeah, I was trying. Thelma. Yeah, Thelma and Louise. Yeah, Yeah, we all know Thelma and Louise. We all know Bonnie. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. I get what you're saying. You're right. (laughs) All right. So the third and final question for this or that is would you choose a barrel-aged bourbon or an aged wine, and why? Well, this one is going I, – I, I've never had either. So I, I, really? I, I would – yeah, I would choose water. <laughs> like I don't drink, <laughs> so I don't even know. You know, it's like – 
I've never had either. So really. <laughs> well, your answer is great too because I love water too. So okay, yeah. so since you love water from another water connoisseur, would okay. you choose sparkling water or um, what's, what's my other water that I like to drink? Alkaline water. Alkaline. Okay, why would you choose alkaline or sparkling? Sparkling, I, I feel like, you know, I don't like to be played with like that. Like, it just seems like, it's, you know, just, I just don't want that. <laughs> you know, if I want, I want some bubbles, I drink a kombucha or something like that. But other than that, just give me the water. I don't want <laughs> no tricks. Run fancy. Uh, I'm, just some water. The reason I'm laughing just because whenever I drink sparkling water, people are like, why do you do that to yourself? Because when I'm thinking of fizz, I need flavor. I'm thinking of, well, we call it pop up here. We call it Sprite and yeah. pop. They're like, yeah. if it gives me pop or give me water. I don't want pop water yeah, without the flavor. I don't want pop water. I just, yeah, just, nah, I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for um participating in this or that for me. I really appreciate it. And again, thank you so much for sitting down and having this conversation with me. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And I look forward to this series. I'm going to go and register, make sure other people register as well. And I'm going to be tuned in. Thank you. I appreciate this. This was, um, um, this was a great interview.